0: So we've tried to dig into these teachings of Jesus just taking apart the Bible, looking at uh, what Jesus said and seeing what it just might mean for us these many years later with the hope of actually gaining insights and holding ourselves accountable to, to follow in these teachings. We've, we've talked about faith and citizenship, judging and judgmentalism, loving your enemies, relationship reconciliation. Worrying, anxiety, pride, and humility. At some point, we're going to have a big list, aren't we? And we're going to have the two little words as cues, dot, 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 and then a statement. Right? And we'll, we'll print it all up, or maybe we'll have a meeting and we'll agree what that statement should be, the six or eight words that nail it as to what Jesus was saying, right? Then we'll print it all up, we'll put it in our pockets, and we'll, we'll live our life a little abridged version of Jesus' teachings. That was a silly idea, but maybe that's not a bad idea, right? Well, today we continue on, and we're looking at Jesus' teaching about observing the Sabbath. Something about how the Sabbath was made for us, but not us for the Sabbath, so let us begin with looking at the uh, religious teachings, the tradition, the, the weight of, of the religious insights that was present in Jesus' time that Jesus is speaking in the context of. Like if we were, were good Jews back in the time of Jesus walking around, what would have been in our heads of observing uh, the Sabbath that whatever he said would be speaking to so, we, we look and we see that it comes out of the commandments, out of the Ten Commandments. Observing the Sabbath. So, at first off, to perhaps our consternation, we want to recognize that this is one of the ten, one of the big ten, the big ten that we're supposed to completely follow all the time, ten, right? Honor the Sabbath. It's up there with not killing, and we don't kill on a regular basis, right? Not stealing, not coveting, honoring the Sabbath. It's there, it's there on the 10. First off, we've gotta ask ourselves, do we remember that? Do we recognize that? Do we think of this as part of the big 10? Carrying the same weight as the others carry. So first off, we should be a little startled and remember that this is, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about what are the commandments handed down. Now, as people usually are, um, those people went, well, what do you mean by that? Actually, God, God. Um, could you make it a little clearer about what that actually is? And so we have, we have two really good passages that come to us out of Exodus and Deuteronomy. You'll remember that the Ten of Commandments are in both of those books as well, right? So here it is in Exodus where their Sabbath injunction is explained for us. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord, your God, you shall not do any work. You, your sons or daughters, and he goes on to a bunch of different people, uh, even the alien resident in your town should not do any work. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Now, in Deuteronomy... We hear the same injunction, but with a little added emphasis um, to get our attention. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Same thing. Six days you shall labor and do no work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath for the Lord. Same thing as in in Exodus. You should not do any work. And then it lists people like your sons and daughters, male and slaves, your ox and your donkey this time, none of your animals, none of your livestock. And again, the alien, alien, he should not be doing any work either. Right. Remember, remember though that you were slaves in the land of Egypt. Now this is a different part than in Exodus. It's not just that God created in six days and rest but you should observe the Sabbath because remember, you were slaves in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, The Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day holy. It's not just that he created it this way, but he also has liberated you. So you ought to pay attention to what God wants you to do. And then some guys thought, well, wait a second. You know, there's certain times during the year. This is all well and good. But at planting time and at harvest time, every day is really important. And you want to be sure that we harvest all of the. what, What about harvest time? Exodus 34 For six days you shall not work, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Even in plowing time and in harvest time, you shall rest. So the most important times of the year, I want you to rest too. So I'm not kidding around. It's not every general week. It's even in the most important weeks of our livelihoods, of our ability to sustain ourselves. I think God says to us that you should observe the Sabbath still. It's that important. It's one of my commandments to you, right? Come on now. Don't wiggle out of it. Even when you're plowing and when you're harvesting, you gotta take a day off. So, so there's many questions about who they had questions about. Well, who's doing it? Yes, it's your slaves. Yeah, yeah, it's your livestock. And when to do it? Yes, at plow time and non-plow time. And and so, still in the spirit of human free choice, we kept at it, trying to find ways to wiggle around. The sabbath rule and um, so we've developed special cooking tricks as good jews so that we can we can extend a good meal into the sabbath day and it's different kind of what's going on with the food on sabbath than the day before we've we've figured out how to work around that so we can have the great meal we want on the special day that we wanted and we've actually designated elevators in in high Jewish communities. In Israel, there's a Sabbath elevator because actually pushing the button was considered work. It got to that in the figuring out, well, what's work and not work over the centuries? Pushing elevator buttons was understood to be work. And so in Israel, there are what's called Sabbath elevators that automatically stop at every floor up and down, up and down, up and down. So you just have to walk in and eventually you'll get to where you're going and you don't have to push the button. You avoid that work. So you can see, we've been grappling with this as good Jews and as Christians uh, for centuries, trying to mitigate perhaps the impact or figure out the impact. We've gone down rabbit holes time and time again to make sense of this. Now, back to Jesus. The Pharisees thought Jesus was playing fast and loose with the Sabbath rule. And today's scripture focuses on Sabbath and work and with, with little bits of changes, it's the same story that's in Matthew and in Luke and it's basically plucking corn is work, but we're going to do it anyway because we're starving. And so it's a violation of the rule, yet Jesus justifies it because it's relieving hunger. And then there's an additional story in Luke that has a focus on Sabbath and healing. Do you remember that story? Um, He enters a synagogue and he's teaching and there's a man there with a withered hand and the Pharisees are all looking real close because they know he's up to something, he's going to do something, he's going to be tempted to heal that guy, we're going to pounce on him, we're going to call him a violator of the Sabbath law, rah, rah, rah. They're, they're looking out to get him and Jesus says, yeah, come on, he says, come over here, guy with withered hand, and he heals him and he asks everybody, okay, did I do a bad thing? Healing somebody on the Sabbath? Is that a bad thing? Is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath is the quote of the scripture, to save life or destroy life, Jesus asks. And they're all kind of flabbergasted, I guess by his audacity and by maybe the truth of what he's saying. They go off by themselves. We got to get this guy. They react with anger. They react with anger because Jesus is not obeying the Sabbath rule. Now, a a guy who's had a withered hand for how many years? We don't know. How much that's affected his livelihood, the health of his family? We don't know. We can just imagine all that's going on. But here he is with a withered hand and a miracle has happened. He no longer has a withered hand. And the Pharisees say, I don't care. You've broken the rule. And Jesus says, you're way off base. Something's wrong with your thinking. He couldn't function with his hand, and now it's been made whole. I have just performed a miracle in front of your eyes, and what is your reaction? You're angry that the Sabbath has been violated? Somehow the thinking isn't right there, is it? The thinking isn't right. Sabbath violation, yes, that's true, yet Jesus justifies it by saying healing is okay. So he gives this ammunition. ammunition because in his mind, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so the The key lesson from Jesus is is at odds with the status quo, with the religious authorities of the day, and so uh, just to touch base with what we always say on each Sunday with these things, this is attributed with a high uh, percentage of of likelihood that Jesus actually said this, the scripture passage, Um, because it runs contrary, and it's controversial, and it's creating problems for him. So more than likely or not, that memory of Jesus saying that is really accurate, that he did indeed say this. He turns this dynamic of Sabbath observance on his head. It's for the benefit, it's for the improvement of people. It's not for keeping a rigid religious tradition. So let's contemplate for a bit what Jesus is up to here. Even a ritual as important as the Sabbath, it's in the Ten Commandments, is subordinated to people's needs because it is commandment created for the needs of people. The Sabbath is to assist people in becoming all that God would have them be. The Sabbath isn't a thing That people need to contort themselves to honor as a concept. We honor the Sabbath for the good it will do for us. Not for bolstering a tradition of the faith. So again, let's recall that Jesus said he had come not to end the law, remember? but to fulfill it. Now, meaning that, in light of today, he's not doing away with Sabbath observance. Instead, he is trying to correct what might seem, might have seemed, as an excess in its observance, getting it realigned, getting the Sabbath realigned to serve its deeper or its higher or its actual intended purpose. We are to honor the Sabbath in a way that uplifts ourselves and leads us to a better self, a more holy and a more righteous self, a self that is better connected with God. So let's think of modern-day applications. Let's think. Uh, uh, Alexander, a, a guy I was reading about Sabbath in a, a 20, uh, 2009 book, he identified three purposes: to taste and see the goodness of God, to renew and restore our souls, to experience delight and joy in life in the spirit. Oh, they, these sound good. But it didn't. It didn't really get granular to me. It didn't. That sounded like floating around nice concepts, but I wasn't quite sure what I'd do with that in particular. And so I thought a little bit more about it. And it, and it seems that really, it's it's really very clear. The purpose of the Sabbath is to give humans rest from their labors, a refreshment, a renewal. And it seems to be our religious community's intention, as they understood God's will for them, to say, we need to do that once a week. Once a week, we need this Sabbath experience. And once a week, we need the recognition of God in our lives, the honoring of God, the realizing and contemplating the impact of there being a God in our lives. That we benefit from doing that once a week. Maybe it gets us off our high horse. Maybe it gets us out of the gutter. But if once a week we are punctuated with thinking about us as creature, God as creator, what does that mean? What does that mean? that will do us well. So, two simple ways of understanding what Sabbath observance is. And now the question before us is, does it have to be on a Sunday? Can, can we make a weekly Sabbath a day of the week? Well, that's an important question for me since um, as I try to be present in worship as a worshiping human... I'm working, and, and things of the week have really led up to me doing what I do today. So I'm kind of schizophrenic in my spirit on a Sunday in that I'm, I'm a worshiping human and I'm a, a practicing clergy. <laughs> that's kind of happening, right? And when I go home from the day, I know I've worked because I do need a nap in the afternoon. So it is work. It's not just hanging out at a building with friends. Something's going on here. That's work. You all maybe are not nurses that have a shift on Sunday or or not somebody has a kind of a job that requires uh, engagement over the weekends or something, or perhaps you are, right? If you are, if you're an actress in the theater and Sunday is a work day, but Monday the theater is dark, well, then Monday should be your Sabbath day. Right? As much as you try to have a worship on Sunday, you ought to try to be doing Sabbath for yourself on the day you're not working. And so, so we want to try to find that experience of Sabbath. Where can we find it? Where can we claim it for ourselves? And dare we actually claim it for ourselves, for God and for ourselves, Or are we on such a treadmill, on such a I've got to prove to somebody kind of rat race that we can't let up? We have to work seven days a week. We have to keep at it. Um, Can we make a Sabbath? An experiment with fully benefiting from its good? So I'm really speaking to myself here too because being this guy that kind of works on Sundays, I have to I have to somehow find a way for refreshment. And for all those years where I worked 7 days a week and I worked 60 hours or 70 hours a week, that that was like here's a space of time that I'm going to call Sabbath. Here's another little space of time that I'm going to call Sabbath. It was really hit and miss and and part of why clergy or physicians or or other people burn out in their professions is that they don't claim Sabbath for themselves. You may have experienced that yourself in your own life. As some wise person once said, if you don't have time to pray, you're in big trouble. Actually, Taking the time to pray will give you more time in your day to do as you should. Counterintuitive, but bear witness to the truth of that. So, we want to try to find... Okay, you got all these soccer things you got to go to. Uh, your daughter has dance. Your, your daughter has uh, this or... I mean, there's all sorts of things. The grandchildren, the jobs, all the different hobbies and stuff. Somehow, you got to chisel out the time... in which you dedicate yourself... to the refreshment of your emotions and your soul. And actually if you're in a laboring job, the refreshment of your body. Can't dig ditches seven days in a row, 12 months a year. Reading, perhaps, sleeping, napping, perhaps, hiking, taking on projects and hobbies that are not labor for you. Connecting with loved ones, making a point to connect with loved ones, making a point to have conversations or time together with dear friends rather than just assuming on the relationship. Ways of making Sabbath nurturing to your spirit, nurturing to your energies and your body. And then the second thing is on that day, have it be overlapped with a conscious awareness of and living in the presence of God's Spirit. Involve worship in that Sabbath day. Involve a special intentional praying or or contemplation or Bible reading. Make a point which is appropriate to you. Make a point that connects you with God. Find what that is and do it. Do it so that you are aware that you're not God of your life. You're not God of this world, that you're a creature, but that you have a resource in the divine to move through this life with grace and with justice and with love. And you want to be connected to that resource. You have to practice that connection to that resource. Recognize the good that it will do for you. Filling up your tank. Getting yourself straight with God. Well, so I leave you to your own thoughts about how you might apply this for yourself. But with the encouragement that you will designate time, you will claim time for yourself and God in your week. Because running on empty, as many of us can testify, running on empty and running in the wrong direction is really not much fun. And it really isn't very good for us. So take advantage of the Sabbath. Honor yourself. Honor God. It is the way to living into life abundant. Amen.